Hi, y'all. This is Bud Elliott of SB Nation, and welcome to the SB Nation College Football Recruiting Podcast, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. If you're listening to this, chances are we're already in the air taking flight for Portland, Oregon, or more specifically, uh, Beaverton, which is a suburb uh, town that basically is supported by Nike's headquarters being there. It's uh, just a short little drive outside of Portland, and uh, Kind of a unique, interesting place, and as are many places that are supported by uh, big corporate campuses. And why are we going there? Well, it's the opening. The opening is Nike's big uh, premier college football recruiting showcase where 160-something of the nation's top football recruits will gather to show their wares, get some sweet swag, uh, do some physical testing, 40-yard, vertical jump, bench press, stuff like that. Uh, get their spark score, and then compete and and go up against other elite athletes and get some great coaching from some former uh, college and and NFL stars as well as some accomplished coaches and generally have a pretty good time. It's a reward for a lot of the uh, work they've put in over the course of the summer and over the course of their three seasons. Almost all these players, with the exception of I think four or five, are going into their senior years. Many of them are already committed. Some are not. There will be some recruiting that goes on at the event uh, as well with with players who are committed to certain schools trying to get other kids to come to their schools and and maybe be part of their futures. It's a pretty good event. Nike does a a solid job with it. Um, For our purposes at SB Nation, we're able to get a lot of the footage that we're going to use for the rest of the year, get some recruiting insight, get some interviews, get some scoop. It's also where, you know, you hear things. And, you know, in previous years, I've heard something, and at the time, I thought, eh, no, there's no way. But then a couple months later, other things come to light, and you kind of think, huh. I remember when that trainer, who I probably won't see again in person this year, we were just chatting on the sideline, and he told me, hey, keep an eye out for this, just in case. And then all of a sudden, it happened. It's a good way to help inform uh, your coverage throughout the year, and it's kind of an event that if you cover recruiting – you need to be at. So for uh, today, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things I'm looking for at the opening. And of course, always looking for scoop. I want to know where Justin Fields is going to go. I want to know if Colson Yankoff and Jacob Sermon are going to end up on the same team. I want to know if UNC is going to keep its top, you know, top uh, two quarterbacks that it has committed. I want to know where Matt Corral is going to go after he decommitted from USC. But importantly, I want to know how many five-star quarterbacks do we really have? Because I feel like this is a pretty good quarterback class. I feel like last year's was was pretty good, not quite as good as this one's. And I don't like the 2019 class much at all from what I've seen with the early returns. So given that, look, I think we know that that Trevor Lawrence, the the kid out of Cartersville, Georgia, who has 50-something offers and might be the best college college, football prospect at the quarterback position that we've seen in a decade, we all know he's going to Clemson, and we all know that he's a five-star level prospect. And I think Justin Fields, he goes to Harrison High School, which is pretty nearby, recent Penn State decommit. I'd like to know where he's going to school. Uh, There's about five options there with uh, Alabama, Georgia, Florida State, Florida, maybe one other. But I want to know, okay, I think he deserves that that no-doubt five-star status, and I've thought that for, for quite a while ever since I said he was kind of like a taller Russell Wilson 
coming out of the uh, the camp there in Orlando in April or March or whenever that was. But what about Matt Corral? Matt Corral currently on the uh, the composite is rated as a five star recruit. Will he keep that? I don't know. Uh, given that he's transferred high schools, now he's decommitted. Some people are, are a little bit down on Corral. I, I think he's a gunslinger, a Brett Favre type uh, who can make a lot of really great throws and is capable of throwing off platform, throwing when he's not super balanced and, and making good throws. But he also throws some picks. There's no doubt about it. He is a kid who can operate in the pro-style offense, which I think is a plus given that so many teams are spread these days and, and not every quarterback coming out of high school is going to be prepared to do so. But I want to see, you know, does he – do enough to keep that five-star status. I thought he was good at the Elite 11 Finals there in Los Angeles a month ago, but I didn't think he was no doubt five-star at that event, and I really didn't think that at the uh, the Los Angeles Nike Regional back in February. So I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying I, if he's going to keep that ranking, and I don't put rankings on kids that I publish. I, I do keep private notes on them so I can refer to them in my coverage, but I want to see a little bit more out of him. And then I want to see Tanner McKee, the, the, the kid who's going to take an LDS mission before he enrolls, and, and we don't know where he's going to go yet, and, and I'm not really sure it matters given that he's going to wait two years uh, to play. Just a, a hulking, you know, Joe Flacco-type quarterback, tall guy, huge arm. Um, is he able to move his feet and keep that release compact enough? How does he do in the seven-on-seven portion? Um I'm interested to watch him a lot. I think that's going to be a an intriguing battle. I think we'll end up with, with three or four or five-star quarterbacks in this class. I just don't know if it's going to be the four that we currently have now. Maybe somebody else sneaks up there. Maybe we'll end up with only three. Who knows? But this is a good group of quarterbacks, and I'm excited because last year uh, I, I thought it was a decent group, but maybe not quite as good as this group. All right, next, who is the best cornerback in the country? I, I like watching defensive backs in this setting is just absolutely awesome because when you watch high school football, so rarely is an elite defensive back actually facing up against an elite receiver because most opposing teams just don't have them. So that the competition they face in high school, even in good high schools, it's just really not that good. Uh, and so I'm very excited to see elite corners go up against elite receivers, and we're, we have plenty of both. At this event. Now, the sort of champion coming into the event, number one corner in the country, is Pat Sertan Jr. You may recognize the name. His dad was an NFL star. Uh, Pat Jr. is a little bit taller. He's 6'2", probably close to 200 pounds. Excellent athleticism. Good instincts. Good technique. Uh, I think he has a pretty good chance to go wire to wire as the top corner in the country. But I I don't know that there's nobody who will challenge him. I, I think there are some folks who really could challenge him. Anthony Cook out of Houston, who is looking at at Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, a lot of schools on him. Very possible that that, that he could make a move. He's a little bit smaller, a little bit shorter than Sertan, but but excellent quickness. Uh, Reminds me a little bit of Mackenzie Alexander, who was at Clemson uh, a couple years ago and ended up getting drafted. I want to see him. Uh, I also want to see Pat Sertan's teammate, Tyson Campbell. And Tyson Campbell is a name that has just been rocketing up boards because he is an athletic freak. I mean, a little bit taller than Sertan, a little bit longer, 
probably a better athlete, if we're being honest here. The question with him is, does he have the same instincts and technique that Sertan does? Because Sertan, some people think he's the best corner prospect to come out of South Florida since a guy named Patrick Johnson, who NFL fans may know better as Patrick Peterson. But back in the day, uh, he was Patrick Johnson before he changed his name. Tyson Campbell is a total freak. If he shows good enough technique, don't be surprised if some people all of a sudden believe he's the best corner in the country. And, and they may be right. I mean, that, that kind of athleticism and length and size, that's a Jalen Ramsey-type package if you compare it with the football instincts and the technique. If not, you're still a really intriguing elite-level option. But to be number one, to unseat Sertan Jr., I think it's going to be tough, but but maybe not impossible. All right, next, I want to know, are we going to have a prototypical number one defensive lineman emerge in this class? And I'm not saying this as a knock on the guys who are currently number one at the defensive end and the defensive tackle position, but but it's kind of an abnormal year in terms of what we're looking at, right? We have at defensive end Xavier Thomas, Clemson commit from South Carolina. He plays his ball at the IMG Academy down in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, look. Great speed and power combination. I love his instincts. I love his tenacity. He plays hard. But look, he's a hair under 6'3 and about 265 pounds. That's not typically what we see from a number one defensive end recruit. A number one defensive end recruit is typically a kid who looks like he could grow into the number one player in the NFL draft, right? A guy who is going to be, you know, 6'6, 270 and then running the 4-6 and, and being a, a great pass rush tear with great length. And, and the length is really the only thing that Thomas lacks. He you know, is not built like your prototypical number one defensive end. Neither is Micah Parsons, by the way, who is the number two defensive end, the, the former uh, Penn State kid who, uh, who decommitted a couple of months back. And, you know, Teron Vincent, number one defensive tackle, son of Troy Vincent, Ohio State commit uh, from – I think the D.C. area, if I, if I recall now, um, plays his ball at IMG with, with Xavier Thomas. Speaking of which, that team is loaded. He's 6'2 and 285. And and you talk to him, look, he's a big guy, but he's not Indomitian Sue big. He's not um, Marvin Wilson big. I'm trying to think back of like former number one defensive tackle recruits. He, he, he doesn't quite have that level of like imposing 6'5", 315 with athleticism size. I mean, he's you know, a couple inches and maybe 30 pounds shorter than what your typical number one beasts look like. And looking at the defensive tackle board, I don't know if somebody's going to emerge there. But I do have a candidate identified as a defensive end who you know, maybe could. And I, I love to see the opening because I get to see these kids to the extent I can watch him, because a lot of times the, the defensive line, offensive line battles are, are blocked by having a million people around there and the media can't shoot it very well. So I'll end up watching it later on YouTube. But K.J. Henry out of North Carolina, he's a prototype defensive end looking kid. I mean, he's 6'6", 235, 240, put on a show at the North Carolina Nike Regional. If he goes out and smokes elite level offensive tackles at this event, that's somebody who I could look at and say, okay, that, that kid might deserve to be the number one defensive end in the country. I'm not saying he will do that, but if that, ha- if that happens, given his, his length and, and what he looks like 
they're just types that we typically look for when putting a kid number one in the country. And, you know, maybe not, not overall, but number one in the country at defensive end. Maybe Henry is deserving of that this year. <clears throat> if he's able to, and, and then, then I think he might, might end up getting that spot. But look, that's, that's a big if, and we'll see. In fact, I might be watching it as you listen to this podcast over your 4th of July weekend. We will also have a recap podcast for you uh, that we plan to record, I believe, Monday night from the, uh, the airport or from our hotel in Portland before we catch flights. Uh, and then the next episode of this will probably come the week after. Next is the receiver position. Just like I said, you know, elite corners almost never face elite receivers in high school games because it's just a matchup you don't see. The same thing goes for uh, for a lot of these positions. But one of the positions that you get to see a lot of reps at is receiver because you have all the seven-on-seven stuff going on. I can tell, can you get open? Can you go up and catch the football? Um, you know, how, how do you look coming in and out of your breaks? How's your quickness? How's your top end if you're going to run some go routes? Right now, for me, the number one receiver in the country is, is Terrace Marshall Jr. He's out of Parkway, Louisiana, um, or Parkway High School in, in, in Bossier City, Louisiana. Six two and a half, six three, two hundred ish. He already looks like a college receiver. He's got that sort of size, speed, ball skills combination that you look for in a number one. But yeah, I, I don't think he's a number one by a mile. I think there are other guys who could make a case. Justin Ross, truly just athletically special out of Alabama, uh, could make a case for it. Brennan Eagles, who I think people, including myself, have compared to a young David Boston. Uh, could certainly make a case for it. He's out of Humble, Texas, and uh, I saw him in February right after National Santa Day at the Houston Nike Opening uh, Regional Event. And man, to be able to move as well as he does, and I'm not saying he's the most agile guy in the world, but to be that big and that fast uh, is without being a total stiff is really impressive, and I, I like that. Um, and then Cameron Babb. Of Missouri, I know Barton Simmons over at 247 likes him a whole lot, uh, has run some blazing 40 times. I want to see him catch the ball and get open against elite defenders and use his other skills. We know about the speed. The speed is elite, and that's not going away. But does he get open well against uh, top corners? Does he, does he go up for the ball well? How are his ball skills? Does he have the, the sense to sit down underneath against zone coverages? All, all those things I want to be looking for. I think it's pretty open as who's going to be the number one. I have Marshall Jr. as my top going into the event, but but it's by no means locked up, and and I don't think it's locked up on any of the sites that actually do the recruiting rankings. And and by the way, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, little brother of Equinamius St. Brown, who plays for Notre Dame, this kid out of California, Anaheim area, he might have been the best receiver I've seen all year production-wise, just – a beast in seven-on-seven, seven, a beast in all the drills, a beast in one-on-ones. The only question is, he's 5'11", and, and what's the top end? I mean, is he 5'11 and quick, or is he 5'11 with true elite uh, deep threat speed? Because the, the quickness is off the charts. The agility is great. The ball skills, I think, for a kid of his size are excellent. The feel for the game, uh, just his ability to uh, to vary his tempo, right, to to understand you have gears that you run in, and you, if you start off running your fastest gear, 
what are you going to climb to? If you're going to set a guy up for a deep route, maybe you don't explode off the line instantly necessarily. Maybe you, you lull him for a second and then take it off to create that separation. He has a real advanced understanding of how to play the receiver position and, and is a joy to watch. Uh, so I'm, I like that. I like that in him. And who knows? I mean, I, I normally would not consider a 5'11 guy as a, a true candidate for the best receiver in the country, um, but it's possible if he balls out enough. All right, now I want to end the show with some uh, some quick kind of rapid fire as I go down on some of the top names that I haven't covered yet and what I want to see out of them. Maybe some questions that can be answered at the event. Linebacker uh, Pele Gote of Nevada, USC commit. Huge hitter. I like his length. I like his athleticism. This event, though, challenges linebackers in coverage. There's really no hitting in this event. And, I mean, for good reason. You don't want to see kids get hurt, and they're not, they're not putting on the pads and whacking each other uh, other than the offensive lineman and the defensive lineman. So how is he in coverage? He's going to be facing some of the most agile guys in the country, and I want to see that. If he shows uh, that that he is able to to cover that well, then I think that high five-star status is is well-deserved. Um, can anybody beat Jamari Sellier? I don't know. Guard out of Georgia. Most people think he's going to end up at Georgia. Some people think Clemson, but a, a really elite guard, a guy that I love that owns his position. He says, I'm a guard. I'm not trying to be a tackle because I know what I am. I know what my limitations are with, with, with my lack of length and my, my – uh, my stature, but I'm, I'm a wide-bodied kid who's mean, aggressive, great technique, and great quickness. I, I like him dominating people, and you know, I want to see him go up against Sharon Benson. I want to see him against some of the better better defensive tackles in the country. Uh, and I want to see Trey Hill as well, his, his fellow uh, fellow Georgian. I, I like Trey Hill a whole lot. Another guy who you look at him, he's not a tackle, but he's a guard and, and a damn good one. And is another guy I think who doesn't try to claim he's a tackle and is going to have to be convinced to move to guard. He's just a guard. Who is better? I think it's Jamari, but, you know, if Trey Hill shows up in good shape, he's been heavy at times, but I think he's, you know, quickly getting in better shape. If he shows up in good shape, maybe he can hang with some of these guys and, and show that perhaps he deserves to be the best guard uh, in the country. I want to see Isaac Taylor Stewart, the the top corner out of uh, out of California, San Diego kid, in coverage more. I mean, physically, height. I mean, six six one ish, maybe six one and a half. Length, elite level speed, tests well. Can he be a total junkyard dog in coverage? I mean, can he lock guys down and be a pest and be in their pockets? Because if so, then then I'll buy the ranking. Uh, at the Los Angeles Nike Regional, I thought he had some good plays, but I went to make a highlight of him, and I, I put in my notes, let's hold off. Let's wait, and, and we'll see if we make one after the opening that, that's better. Because I just didn't have enough top-level plays from him uh, in California. Now, part of that's because the kid ran into my tripod, or my monopod, and, and, and snapped some of the stuff I was taking was out of focus. But he didn't blow me away quite like I, I thought he would, Um when I was in, in Los Angeles. What about Jalen Hall, California receiver, uh, who's actually ranked ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown on some of the rankings. A kid everybody's known about for three or four years and, and has loved and had said so many good things about. But to be honest, is he better now 
than he was as a sophomore or junior. Look, he's still a great player, but entering the year, I mean, if you had told me after his sophomore year, okay, this kid is going to be the number one receiver in the country, I would have said, yeah, absolutely. There's no real debate. He is the, the number one receiver in the country, but he's kind of in some ways leveled off and, and established a level of production that's very good, but maybe not number one receiver in the country good. Is there another gear he can get to? Can he show something out there that says, hey, I am that guy. I I do have more room for improvement. So I want to see that. I want to see how Taraja Mitchell is in coverage. Some the Ohio State linebacker out of Virginia. Some of his testing numbers were not real impressive. I'm not a big 40-time guy for linebackers unless it's on the real extremes, like if you run a 4-4 or run a 5. And I get that he's a 240-pounder, but is that a good 240? I want to see how well he moves and, and see how much better is he going to get in college. Maybe a lot better. Maybe not a ton better. I guess we'll just have to see on that. I also want to see Justin Shorter, a New Jersey receiver committed to Penn State. I've not seen him in person yet this year. And look, up north, the defensive backs typically are just not as good. So I do want to see him go against. If you take a look at where the best DBs are in this event, Florida, Florida, Texas, Florida, Virginia. There's not a whole lot of kids from the Northeast who who have been selected to play DB. In fact, none of them at the top that I can see, unless you want to count Virginia. How does Justin Shorter look against better competition? Because his film is unreal. And the highlights that I've seen for some of these recruiting events, some of these 7-on-7 stuff, are awesome. I just want to see how he handles the step up in competition because I'm very excited about him. And I think Penn State fans uh, really should be as well. Oh, and the tight ends. I don't know who's going to emerge as the best tight end. And Brevin Jordan, very athletic Miami commit out of Las Vegas. Jeremy Ruckert out of New York, who I, I think might be my favorite going in. Uh, I want to see George Takis, the Notre Dame commit from Gulf Coast High School down here in my neck of the woods. I want to see him get open against elite players. And I think he can do that. But in my opinion, he's more of a true pro-style, in-line tight end, a guy who can be 255, 260 pounds when all is said and done and be a very valuable NFL asset if he keeps developing. I just want to see it happen. Um, other than that, I, I don't know who's going to develop as the top tight end. I don't think this year for tight ends is quite what it was last year or quite what it was in the uh, the O.J. Howard year a couple years back. And then finally, the thing I want to look at as well here is, is the offensive tackle position. We've already talked about Jamari, but he's a guard. Is there a true five-star type offensive tackle this year? Last year was such a good year for offensive tackles. This year, it's, it's not as good. Um, Bray Walker at Oklahoma is a kid we've known about forever, but is sort of one of those guys that, okay, we knew about him early. Is this it? Is he kind of leveling off, or does he have another another couple levels he can hit? I, I want to see that. William Barnes out, out of Apopka is rated very highly. I like him. I don't know if he's really the top, you know, one of the top offensive linemen in the country that highly, like edge of the five-star status. I guess we'll see. Um, you know, and then I want to see another guy, Daniel Falele, out of Australia kid who's only played one football game and it was a spring game and I was there for that. I thought he did pretty well. He's at the IMG Academy, six foot nine, 400 pounds, just a, a, 
one of the largest humans I've ever seen in person. And I've been next to the big show in an elevator uh, at, at a game in Miami a couple of years ago. He's almost that big. And one of the few guys you think, hey, man, if football doesn't work out, you really could have a, a career in professional wrestling. Just that big in the ring would play. And I'm not looking for Daniel to dominate because I don't think he will. He's just not played enough football. But I, I want to see, can he not get embarrassed? Because if he can go out there and Daniel Filet, that kid, has played one game of football in his life, pretty athletic for a 6'9", 400-pounder, if he can go out there and not get totally embarrassed by the best pass rushers in the country and learn and improve and show growth this week, man, that would be great. I'm, I'm very, very excited to watch that as well. All right, guys, uh, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher. I think we're on SoundCloud as well, or Art19, if you prefer. Uh, Give us a a five-star rating. We're going to be back with an episode that will probably come out on Tuesday, recapping the opening. Hope everybody has a fun and safe Fourth of July weekend. And be sure to check out SB Nation Recruiting uh, and SBN Recruiting on Twitter for live updates from the recruiting and the, uh, the quarterback portion as well. Take care, y'all.